My name is Jason Day Golarin, um, and it's been amazing this morning, worshipping God. Today I'm going to be talking to you about um, cultivating the, the peace of God. You know, we've, we've sang songs about how God is a good father, how um, he'll never leave us, you know, he's always with us, he never will um, let us down. So... A couple of, no, a few years ago, or some really good years actually, when the kids were a bit younger, we, um, I took them to this place where they have this rides. And nothing can take your peace much more than these theme park rides. So the one I went on was a flat one, and it had seats all around the edges. Um, and then it, it spins around, and it gets faster and faster and really fast. And then they stop you and you get down. So on this day, I went on it and it, was, it started, it was fine. And it started going. Then all of a sudden, the speed just, you know, increased. And wow, I was screaming so badly. I was screaming so hard. For some reason, I wore a dress or a skirt. So you can imagine I was holding on tightly to my skirt so I could be decent. And I was holding on to the seat, and I was spinning and spinning, and I was screaming and screaming and screaming. Eventually, we stopped. And um, when we got down, the guy who sat next to me, he could not stop looking at me. He just kept staring and staring. I went with my daughter then. She was about six, and my sister. And apparently, because I saw how much um, discomfort I was up there screaming, my sister had gone to the operator and asked him to stop the ride. But he didn't do that. He kept me going. <laughs> so, so eventually, I had to go through the whole thing. But thank God, my peace came back to me when, when we came down. Well, that's some kind of peace, isn't it? That instant peace that had been take, sorry, taken away from me. But thank God, I, I, I got it back. So what is peace, actually? You know, the Oxford English Dictionary describes peace as um, freedom from disturbance or tranquility or mental or emotional calm. It's also it's a period or, or, or a period, sorry, a state or period in which there is no war, you know, the war has ended. But in general terms, I want to say that it's a, a form of contentment or fulfillment or satisfaction we have, either from gaining something, from obtaining something, or from life being generally good. You know, whether the relationships are going on well, the career is going on well, family situation is fine, you know, your health is tipped up, and all of that. You know, when things are all good, people feel in control, and life is all good, they feel good about themselves. However, you only need to look at the world around us, what's happening, you know, switch on the news, and you hear all these things on the news that actually can almost take wants peace away if your peace is dependent upon all of those things. You know, the wars in the different nations, um, the breakdown of government, law and order, um, you know, religious extremism, and even Brexit. That has the potential to, um, <clears throat> to take people's peace away from them. How about when it comes so close home in terms of our personal lives, you know, uh, um, if your career isn't going well, maybe there's a breakdown relationship, you know, financial, financial issues. How do we actually work? How does peace work? What do we say about that? How do we actually cope 
we live in our lives as children of God. You know, um, I want to believe that peace is generally a calm, confident assurance that we have that all is going to be well, that all is going to be good, that God has a back. You know, what does the Bible say about it? You know, in John 14, 27, Jesus was saying to his disciples, at this point, you know, he was already preparing himself for the death that he was going to face on the cross. We sang so much about it today, about how he gave everything for us, how, you know, he, he um, gave up himself for us. You know, he, so he was preparing his disciples and he said to them in um, John 14, 27, he says, my peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. And it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your, um, do not, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, God, we know he's almighty. He's, he knows everything. He understands who we are. He understands how the world operates. His very purpose of coming into the world was to give us that peace, was to create, um, you know, remove the division we had between ourselves and God, was to die for our sins so that we can be forgiven and we can approach God. We can have the opportunity to be able to access God's presence because of the peace he has purchased for us on the cross. And then he says, you know, he knew that what it was going to be like um, in his absence. He was going to face a horrible death. His um, disciples were going to be destabilized. You know, they were going to be facing so much sorrow. But he said to them, he says, my peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Neither let your heart um, be afraid. So um, in Isaiah 55, verse 3, you know, that describes the reason why Jesus actually had to go to the cross. He says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him, and by his wounds were healed. Therefore, Romans 5.1, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are creatures of time. I, I hope we all know that. We're all creatures of time. Our time on this planet is very limited. We're not here forever. So if you know that your time here is limited, what would you want to do? You'd want to make the most of that time. You want to ensure you have the best, particularly if you're a child of God and you have understood that God has given you all that you need for, time, for life and godliness, that he's made provision for you to be the best and to live the best life that he has planned for you. So whatever the keys to that life is, you want to find out what they are, wouldn't you? And you want to make sure that you make the most of it. You know, um, it was my, a few, was it, last week was one of my, milestone birthdays and my sister um, said to me well oh you know in her prayer may you live you know another um, century so I said to her okay well so how would that work say it in, in 200 years time and uh, I'm still alive what do you how do you think I'll be treated my home will probably be a museum everybody wants to look at who's that 200 year old woman what she's still doing here how does she live how does she breathe and all of those things. If any of us were alive that way, how do you think they were going to be treated? You'll be poked and shoved and all kinds of things to you because people want to find out what you become a living artifact, basically. You know, and people will be, you know, checking you out every single minute. Anyway, so because we know that we're not going to live forever, God has said he has given us something. 
to ensure that we can live a life fully, you know, and consistently and moreover pleasing to him here. So he says, my peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. Um, he says, not as the world gives. You know, we just talked about, okay, the things that make people happy. You know, people, um, you've got a good job, you've got a nice house, you know, the career is going well, the health is fantastic. You know, the world is all about that. The Bible talks about the pride of the eyes, the, you know, um, the lust of the flesh and all of those things. What, are the, what's, what does the world see as bring them peace? People are looking for peace all over the place. The song we sang earlier today said, you know, I've heard so many things about you, what people think you are. You know, people are searching for answers, but you are the, you are the one who gives the answer to the, the, and the questions that the world is asking. So people are looking for ways to actually give themselves that peace. The peace that the world gives is transient. It does not last. You know, it's dependent on stuff, you know. Whether you, your life is going well or it's not going well, that's what it's dependent on. But what happens when those things are not there in the way that is expected? You know, Jesus Christ says, I have come to give you peace. I like the way the Amplified Bible tells and um, talks to us, gives us that peace, actually. It says in 2 Peter 2, 1, um, sorry, 2 Peter 2, verses 1 to 2. It says, may God's grace, which is God's favor, and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, all freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ the Lord. So I'll go over that again. So peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, all freedom from fears, and agitating passions and conflicts, all together combined, is what he describes as, as what the peace of God is. And that God has given us this to us, and it increases to us as more, in, in, sorry, the more we know about Jesus, the more we increase in our knowledge of Christ, the more we have that peace that only God brings. You know, that peace is so interesting in the sense that even though some of, some of the things we, um, I mentioned before that the world is looking for, it's, you, some of it is contained in this peace. But the, what's the source of that peace? For us, we want those things as well. But the Bible says the source of our peace is the one who actually gives us that peace. You know, it's not dependent on those things, but it's dependent on the one who actually gives that peace, who is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So it is not dependent on, on or determined by achievements or material possessions or relationships, health and money. It is solely an attribute of knowing Christ. It is available to every child of God. You know, when we look at the story of Joseph, who was a slave, you know, Joseph had nothing. If you, if you know the story of Joseph, he was slow, sold as a slave um, by his um, brothers. You know, he went to Potiphar's house he, um, where he worked um, there. And then the Potiphar's wife told a lie. Eventually, he was taken to prison. But when he got to prison, how did he live his life? You think, wow, this guy will be so bitter, dejected, you know, will be angry at everybody. But the Bible says that he had so much peace. How do we know that? Because he had so much encouragement to give to those around him. The problem that he had, he had been falsely accused, was not an issue to him. He every morning would go and encourage people. And one of the verses that he talked about, the baker and the, um, the butler, who were in prison, by, had been imprisoned by Pharaoh the king, and they had dreamt a dream, and they woke up so troubled. Well, here we saw um, Joseph, who went in and encouraged them and helped them to actually make sense of the dream. And we know the story, how that led to him going to the palace, and then he became 
and the prime minister eventually. We also read about Daniel. You know, Daniel is one of my favorite guys in the Bible. You know, I keep saying to myself, when I get to heaven, actually, I need to go and visit Daniel and ask him how he did it. You know, so um, Daniel, you know, we know how much, um, um, you know, antagonism, how much opposition that he had. You know, he had been taken as a slave to a heathen nation. His name had been changed. He had nothing, no identity. Nobody knew him. But he had a peace about him, such that even when the king was threatening to kill everybody because he had dreamt a dream and nobody could remember the, what, what that dream was, you know. But Daniel, he, um, um, you know, Daniel took it upon himself. He had so much peace. He was not agitated in any way, but he always went back, you know, to, um, to God and sought God for direction. And then he was able to resolve so many riddles. And we know about, you know, how he was thrown in the lion's den and how calm he was when he was in the lion's den. I can't imagine anybody being thrown in the lion's den and they're so calm sitting down there. But God came through for him. You know, what was it about these people that made them live such lives, you know, such lives that demonstrated something that was totally different from the world around them? It was the peace of God that they had. We also read about Paul. Paul in Acts um, chapter 27, you know, he was being taken to Rome because he was going to be tried, you know, he um, was going to be tried for his faith. And then, but he was in this ship and there was a shipwreck. They were going to die, actually. It looked like they were going to die. They, and it was so bad that the, the captain and the crew had not, they, they stopped eating. So after 14 days, they said to them, you guys need to eat. If you don't eat, you're going to die. But you know what? God has said to me that none of you are going to lose your lives if you stay with me and stay on this ship. But you think, um, Paul, why was Paul being an encouragement to everybody else there? Why? Was he the one telling them to eat when he knew that he was a prisoner actually on that boat? But why? Because he knew something that was different. He had the peace and a, you know, a confidence in the God who he knew was going to see him through whatever the situation is. So it's about knowing that whatever it is you're going through in your life, God takes care of you. God has you in his hands. God has your backing. What is it you're going through? What are you experiencing? What are you hearing? Do you know what? God has your back. And it's having that confidence, assurance that God is in control. He's going to see you through. He's going to hold on to you. He's not going to leave you. He says he never leaves us, neither does he forsake us. So we're going to look at some characteristics of um, peace. So what's the peace from God? We, um, you know, the word that came today talked about God wanting to give us gifts. You know, peace is a gift from God. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Only Jesus Christ can give you that gift. Nobody else can give the gift of peace, the peace of enduring calm in the face of circumstances, in the face of situations. Whatever it is you might be going through, you might have no money at all. You might, your health might be down, but there's a peace that comes and sustains you. You know, it's a gift from God. The Bible says only Jesus Christ can give you that gift. Um... Number two, it is perfect. We talked about how perfect God is today. It says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, He will keep you in perfect peace. It says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Whatever comes from God is perfect. It says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And it says, He will keep you in perfect gift, uh, sorry, in perfect and uh, peace. Everyone who puts their trust in him, all we have to do is trust him completely, completely honor and allow him to be in control of our lives. Let him lead us, let him guide us, and he says he'll keep us in perfect peace. Um, number three, it surpasses understanding. 
you would agree with me that the peace that Daniel had surpassed understanding. So also the peace that Joseph had surpassed understanding. It says Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, would guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Number one, it guards your heart. When you have the peace of God, your heart is protected. You know, it's like in a military barracks. You know, military barracks, you have all the, um, I used to live a bit close to military, bar military barracks when I was a lot younger, when I lived in Lagos. <clears throat> we had, um, it's called Dodan Barracks, actually. You had all these, it was really heavily fortified. Nobody could go in and nobody could go out. You had to go in with permission. You know, that's what the peace of God does for our hearts. It, it garrisons the heart. It puts, you know, a, a fortified um, um, walls or barriers around his stronghold so that nothing can stray into it. So no untoward, nothing that is wrong, isn't right. It's not actually from the presence of God. That's why the Bible says we should take captive every thought and bring every thought and bring them captive to the obedience of Christ. The peace of God guides and guards your heart. It keeps your heart stable. You know, um, it also fortifies, yeah, say that it fortifies your heart and keeps it from being troubled or fearful. Number two. Sorry? Number four. <laughs> that means you're listening. Eh? <laughs> That's fantastic. You are listening. That's good. Okay. So still on the <laughs> number three, actually. You know, Psalm 119, says, Great peace. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Do you know... All these verses I'm reading, I want, you, I, I want you to take notice of them. You know, these are the promises and the word of God to us. They are real. They're effective. They make a difference. It's not there for us to read or to just bypass. They're there for us to be able to make a reality in our lives. So the Bible says in Psalm 165, Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing, nothing means nothing. Nothing can make them stumble. I don't know what it is you're facing today. Whatever it is that might be threatening to destabilize you. Do you know that Bible, Jesus Christ has come to give you great peace so that you can be steady and stable in your life so that you can live a life that pleases him and you can be fulfilled in all that he's called you to be. Amen. Amen. And lastly, or not lastly, one before the last, it is the person of Christ. You know, in Ephesians 2, 14a, it says, for he himself is our peace. You know, he's broken down the wall of hostility between us and God. And in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ himself is that peace. So the moment we give our lives to Christ, we accept him into our lives, he comes and lives in us. He comes and dwells in us. Actually, we receive him by faith. And you know what happens? One of the ways he wants to express himself in us is to release that peace in us, is to express his peace so that people see and think, what's different about that person? He's not the same as everyone else. The things that make other people run helter-skelter and they're destabilized, no, it does not affect you that same way. Why? Because you have the peace of peace that lives inside of you. So the peace that we have that comes from God is actually Jesus Christ himself who dwells in us. Also, he says it is unending. That peace continues to grow. The Bible says it grows. The more you know Christ, the more that peace grows. 
It becomes larger. You become more stable. You become more determined to know, you know, to, to be able to be, um, what's the word, to face this world without any ruffleness, any, you know, being stumbling anywhere or there because the peace of God is unending. It's always, <clears throat> always increases. In Isaiah 97, it says, of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. Um, and also in, in 2 Peter 2, in 2 Peter 2, it says, my peace, my grace and peace will multiply to you. So it gets multiplied to us, but in the increasing knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So very quickly, why do we need to have God's peace? Again, when Jesus Christ was living, he knew what he was leaving his disciples in. In the world that is full of trials and tribulations, we're still in that world today, by the way. It might have kind of evolved in different forms, but the basic principles are still very much the same. So the things everyone, people went through in those days, we're still going through those things in one form or the other. So Jesus said in um, John 16, 30, 33, um, I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me. Here or not, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have, I have overcome this world. Wow, if God himself is saying to us to take heart because he has overcome the world, then he knows something that we don't know. Is that right? So we can, we can trust and put com complete trust in him because he knows the end from the beginning and he knows how to take us through. Isaiah 48, um, 19, 18 to 19 says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river your well-being like the waves of the sea. All God wants for us is the very best. And the way we can get it is to pay attention to his words and allow his peace to flood our hearts. Um, how do we cultivate the peace of God? Matthew 11, 28 um, to 30 says, you know, Jesus then said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden, and the burden I give to you is light. You know, it says, come to me. The first thing we must do is come to Christ. Acknowledge who he is. Understand who Christ is. Surrender our lives to him and walk in obedience to him. Also, um, it says, take my yoke upon you. Actually, in the old days or, you know, in years past, what is a yoke? A yoke is an instrument that binds two animals together. So the animals are either working on a field, on an agricultural field to plow the field. But when two animals are bound together by a yoke, they can do much more. They can plow further, they can plow wider, and they can plow much longer. So Jesus Christ is saying, giving us that picture to say, actually, we need to join ourselves with him as in a yoke yoked with Christ in such a way that wherever he goes, so one animal cannot go in a different direction and the other one is going in a different direction. They have to go in the same way all the time. So when one stops, you know, they both stop. Exactly the same thing with Christ. It says, take my yoke upon yourself. You know, we're joined to him. Whatever it is that when we're going through, we are joined to Jesus. His strength lightens our burdens. You know, he understands our weaknesses. He understands that we're frail. He understands that we're human. He understands all these things about us, but he says, I can carry you through. I can be that partner of yours. I can carry the weight of your life. Why don't you trust me and allow me to lead you in order for you to live that life that I have purchased and promised you? You know, he so said, where he leads, we follow. Where he stops, we stop. Following always in his footsteps, we must completely be reliant on Jesus, submitting to his leading and authority. 
actually, what, it is, what is it about? It's about a living relationship with Jesus. Our faith and trust in him in everything. You know, we never feel alone. We never have to feel alone or defeated. He is always with us. He says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know, life in Christ is not based on what we can do in our own strength. It's actually based on what Christ has completed on his finished work for us. You know, in, again, Isaiah 26, 3 says, He will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him and whose thoughts are fixed on him. In other words, let your mind be stayed on Christ. Let the thoughts of Christ flood your heart. Keep your mind focused on Jesus at all times. It says, let me teach you. Nearly done. Let me teach you. Okay? A good student only takes on board what he or she is being taught. They seek to find out more. You know, again, that one of the songs is sang says, I've heard so many things that they say about you. But what do you say? He said to Paul. He says, was it Paul? Yes. Or Peter actually. He says, what do you say about me? You know, what are people saying? Some people call you Elijah. Some people call you this. He says, but what do you say about me? So the question to you is, what are you saying about Jesus? How much do you know him intimately enough to be able to say, I know this about Jesus Christ? You see, find out about him. Who is he? You know, understand his person, his character, how he works, how he operates in people's lives. Pay attention to his word. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed but who correctly handles the word of God. I like the way the King James Version puts it because it uses the word study. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. You know, again, and um, in also in, in, um, in addition to actually being taught of the Lord, it's, you, we need to be in agreement with the word of God. What does God say to us when you have met the word of God, you have encountered the word of God, you, we need to be in agreement. If he says we're healed, then let's think that we're healed. Let's really honestly trust and, you know, um, hold on to the word of God. In Acts 19.20, it says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. What's the word of God to you? Is it the final authority in your life? We must make the word of God the final authority in our lives. And lastly, he says, you will find rest for your souls. When we receive Christ, we trust him for our salvation and our peace. He says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the same way on a daily basis when we come to Christ. You know, we entrust him with our burdens and rely on his strength and direction. We do not, we do what he promises. You know, so when we do that, he promises he will find rest for us. We will find rest for our souls. The peace he gives will dissipate uncertainty, fears, and anxieties. Amen. We never have to face any situation alone when we are surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes a companion. He has promised never to leave us or forsake us. As a, you know, when we felt, uh, the key with Christ is a daily walk with him. It's not coming, you know, on a Sunday and we forget all about him and then come the next Sunday. It's about a daily consistent walk with him. Spend time with him, meditate on his word, fellowship with him. And then we can begin to see all these things. It says your, your light will shine and, you know, nations will come to the rising of your glory. Amen. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. If God says to you, my peace is what you need to live a successful, you know, an outstanding Christian life. 
that successful and outstanding is not determined by the uh, standards of the world. It is only determined by the giver of that peace, who is Christ alone. And how do we do that? We know him more. We know him more. In closing, I'll say, <clears throat> really, so if you're here today, you've heard what I've said. You know, the peace of God is for you. It is a gift for you as a child of God. The moment you give your life to Christ, you have the peace of God. But we need to cultivate it. You know, like a seed, you plant a seed and you watch how you see it grow. You do all the things daily to see it grow. Sometimes it might look like it's not growing, but if you keep at it, you keep putting the water in and keep, you know, tendering it. Very soon it starts blossoming, it starts producing seeds, and it starts seeing results. Is that right? Yeah. It's exactly the same with the Word of God, with the word of God and the, the, the peace of God. We need to cultivate the peace of God. Can I encourage you today? If you've been a child of God, no matter how long you have been or how um, new you are to Christ, there is one singular thing that Christ has given to us. His embodiment, that is part of his, that's what he died for. He says he died to bring peace between us and God, you know, to buy our salvation. I want to encourage you to cultivate that peace of God. Don't live without it. You know, don't take a step out without knowing what the peace of God is. He guards you in every single thing. Jesus Christ did it. And that's why he told them, you know, my peace I live with you because that's what he lived as when he was on earth. He says he never did anything that his father hadn't done. He watched what his father did and he obeyed his father. So again, the same for us. What is Christ doing in your life today? Are we obeying God? Are we following him? That's the only time we can have that peace that passes all understanding. But if you're here and you're saying, oh, actually, I would really love to have that peace. I'd really, really love to have that peace. How can I do it? There's only one way. It is only through Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you, you can give your life to Christ today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know, you can speak to whoever I invited you, if you're an invited guest, or if you've been here for ages, you can speak to any of the leaders in the front or any, anyone who you think might be your friend. Or you come to the prayer um, banner and you can speak to somebody. We can pray with you and usher you into a glorious relationship with Christ. You know, God is a good God. God is amazing. You know, he, he's never left us as orphans. When he gave us his life, he made every provision for us to live a good life available to us. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we exalt your name. Lord, we thank you because of your word today. Thank you because the entrance of your word brings life and understanding to the sinful. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you flood our hearts with your peace of God. That, Lord, we know this everlasting peace, this perfect peace. This peace that surpasses all understanding, that on a daily basis we'll be trusting you, O God, for every detail in our life, O God, that would know your leading, would know your guidance, O God, that God truly will be people who spread that peace. We're not only to receive the peace, we are to spread the peace around us. Lord, thank you because you've done all for us in Jesus' name. Amen.